Welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We have a busy show ahead, a Jaguars Colts preview in Week 17. One game to go. Can you believe it? The league, it appears, at least right now, We'll get 256 regular season games in with 2020 in review. We'll take a look at some of the highlights from the Jags this year. There aren't a lot, but there were some. Tony Baselli joins us at 4.30 today. And then head coach Doug Marone joins us at 5 o'clock with the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Jeff Logaman joining us now. And uh, Logs, Happy New Year to you a few hours early, Logs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy New Year to you, JP, and, uh, and I'm sure that uh, you're going to be out partying big time now. Huh? Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know about that now. I mean, we got another day of work tomorrow and then get ready for Sunday's game. So, you know, so th- to answer yeah, your question, so, then probably, yeah. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. It's no. amateur hour. Amateur night tonight. It is. Everybody be careful out there. No drinking and driving. Use your Ubers and do everything tonight and uh, – be safe out there, first, uh, first J- and JP, foremost. JP, I see, I see uh, with my lovely, beautiful 10-year-old daughter, I can see sparklers in my future tonight. <laughs> I think so. To celebrate the new year. Oh, well, there have been people shooting off fireworks in my neighborhood for like three straight days already. So that's just kind of how it goes. I, well, I, can, I, I can tell you that uh, a few years ago, now just a quick story here, because uh, I, this, this, I want this to be a learning experience okay. for everybody. Okay, yes. Okay. And to, to take heed, because years ago, I remember it was 4th of July, and I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these great fireworks, we're going to shoot them on the beach, and, and I have a good time. And so I, I buy this, I mean, a bunch of them. I bought these big square things that have like, I don't know, like uh, 64 or, you know, 36 tubes in it. You <laughs> light it, and then it's, it just starts going poof, 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 you know? Right. So... So I, I get it ready, you know, I, I, I put it on the, on the beach and I get some sand up around it, you know, to kind of reinforce it. And I light that thing and it's a poof, poof, poof. And one of them blows up out the side. And when it blows out the side, it literally, it knocks this whole cannon, you know, of, of tubes down on the side. And now it's pointed at us at the dunes. And it's literally, it's poof. Poof, and we're like, uh, 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 uh. and uh, fortunately nobody was killed. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty hairy there for a while. JP and I have sworn off of any serious fireworks ever since then. And, uh, and I know that uh, Jason Pierre Paul has done the same thing and I'm not trying to mock him because it, what happened to him was an absolute tragedy. Uh, but so folks for tonight, bringing in the new year, please use caution and don't play with fireworks. Don't yeah. be like me. Be safe. Be safe. I, I must say, since we're talking about New Year's Eve, I think my best New Year's Eve memory was a New Year's Eve concert at the Florida Theater. This is before Daly's Place existed, by the way. And Greg Allman mm-hmm. played. The Greg Allman Band played New Year's Eve at the Florida Theater in 2013, not that long ago. And that was a heck of a night. He played Midnight Rider at midnight. Pretty good. Well, I, I, I can tell you, JP, um, this might be one of the most anticipated New Year's Eves just because we want to say goodbye right. and, and literally say a big goodbye to the year 2020. It uh, has been a year of uh, a lot of stresses and new things and pandemics and social unrest and 
uh, politics, and uh, it, it was a year that you'd like to just go ahead and get past. You know, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely not. It's one to remember, but it's not one to remember for positive reasons. Let's get to football then. One more game remaining. It will be the start of the 2021 calendar year when the game kicks off on Sunday on January 3rd. But the Jags have 14 consecutive losses, one game left. And if you ask any coach or anybody around the NFL that's involved in coaching or scouting, they know what can happen when Losses pile up like this. Change can happen. But Doug Marone, the Jaguars head coach, is not worried about what Monday could bring. He just wants to keep trying to keep this season going. I think it's, I think it's hard to say. It's been tough. It's been challenging. I think to answer the, the question with the first one, um, the one foot outside the door situation with the players, um, they haven't been like that. They're, they're not going to change this week. You know, um, I really believe that uh, as we go forward. Uh, as far as for me as a coach, you know, when you're not doing well, you don't ever want it to end. You know, you want to try to keep, you know, getting opportunities and try to keep winning. And, 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 and I think that's what's important. So one more opportunity logs is what's left for this team. And it feels like the last three, four weeks, month or so that, uh, you know, they might have had juice for a half, but then the other team just kind of puts the foot in the accelerator and pulls away from a Jaguars team that seems to be out of gas, to be quite honest with you, at this time of year. Well, it certainly appeared that way last week against the Bears because in the first half, uh, you know, the Bears were giving you every opportunity to, to take a lead, and they weren't playing very well. And then when halftime rolled around and, and right before half, there were some turnovers that happened and in uh, a curious defense that allowed the Chicago Bears to, to get in a better position to kick a field goal. And then you come out in the second half and it's just, you know, it's an avalanche. And, and, you're, and the Jaguars were caught up in it. The Chicago Bears score, I think it was like four straight possessions. And, and it wasn't good for the Jaguars in that situation. But, uh, yeah, it almost seems like they run out of gas or have run out of gas. And, look, uh, seasons are long. Right. And I and this is a young football team, and I remember being a young football player, and, and I'd hate to say this, but uh, I was on a bad football team all the way back in 1989, and I was kind of counting down the days to where that season would end. I mean, it was it was miserable. Um, I didn't win a lot of games when I was with the Jets and had a, a coaching situation that uh, was not very popular in my mind with Joe Walton, who was arguably the worst football coach, head football coach that I've ever played for. And uh, it did make it fun, and it wasn't a good environment. It was toxic, and, and you just couldn't wait until the season ended. But, you know, on, on the flip side of that, the, the environment with Doug Marone has been very positive. And, and I give Doug a lot of credit for that because there's a lot of coaches that would be in an environment like that and would find it very easy to just point the fingers at the roster and say, well, we're not getting it done because, let I me mean, look at the roster. I mean, we, we don't have anybody. I mean, we're, we're the youngest team in the league. We're, you know. 12 draft picks. We got 16 in, uh, total rookies on the team. Doug's never done that. You know, and, and Doug has continued to encourage his team and to say that, look, I appreciate these guys and they're working hard. And, and, and I think that goes a long way. But you also you hit a certain point, uh, and it's human nature, where you hit a certain point where you're just like, you're not getting anything in return. And I think the dam kind of broke a little bit with the Jaguars. And and especially with some of the draft pick talk over the last couple of weeks, and now that's kind of subsided. Can can you kind of get past that? I don't know. But the Jaguars right now are just not playing very good football, JP. Uh, offensively, defensively, they're just not playing good football. 
I think it's going to be tough to to beat a football team that's going to be rip-roaring and ready to go in the Indianapolis Colts because, look, they've got the playoffs on the line. They need a little bit of help, but the chances of them getting help are great. And so uh, I'm sure they're preparing, expecting to have that chance. Through the magic of the Internet logs, I've gone and looked up the 1989 New York Jets. And, of course, your team uh-oh. finished four. Yeah, uh-oh, is right. Four and 12 was the <laughs> record that year. Walton was the head coach. But you guys won back-to-back games the last week of November and the first week of December to get to, what, two and nine? And then reeled yeah. off three straight losses to end the season where you were outscored by a combined 88 to 14. Yeah, we got we got uh, our our butts. I'll use that word. Our butts <laughs> handed to us. Yeah. And uh, and the one thing I remember about that year, we we had uh, we had a pretty good draft class. It was uh, well, I say oh, that, you. Oh yeah. Oh, it was me. Not, well, I, I was mean, number look, one. It, of it, course, it, we know the first round was, pick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. Oh, what because a draft of, class. <laughs> it wasn't because of me, but I think long term, if you look at it, uh, it was. Uh, myself, Dennis Bird, who Dennis was a, a fantastic football player. We had Marvin Washington, Ron Stallworth, Joe Mott, and uh, and we all played a significant role and played a lot for our football team that year. But I'll just I'll never forget. I mean, we have a head coach and he calls all of us rookies in to his office and he literally proceeds to tell us how it is our fault that the season is going the way it is and that we're not carrying our own weight. Wow. And I went, and I was sitting there saying to myself, I'm a green rookie, and I got this guy telling me that I'm the reason why we suck. And, and <laughs> he's sitting there blaming it on, on us four guys, five guys that were in that room. Well, wait a minute. I mean, what about the other you know, 47 guys that are in on our football team. And I couldn't believe it. And, mm. and from that point on, I lost all respect for Joe Walton. Mm. I couldn't wait until he was fired. Mm. And, uh, and then I, fortunately, uh, we ended up having some change and, and we got a little bit better. We had Bruce Coslett as a head coach. And then I got to have a, one of the greatest experience working with a coach I've ever had in my professional career, which was Pete Carroll was our defensive coordinator, who everybody knows is the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, we had some marvelous coaches on that Bruce Coslett-led staff. And uh, I could go through the list, but I won't. But it, I, I will tell you, JP, my rookie season was a, was a tough go. And, uh, but the one thing I think that, that, that happened was I learned a lot. And I learned a lot from the veteran guys. I learned a lot from the coaches that I was around. And sometimes I learned things that weren't very positive, and I and I kind of swore that look, if I ever get in that position again, I'm not going to let this kind of happen. And and so you learn a lot, I think, you know, when you're a young player, and you know, you hope that this Jaguars football team learns a lot. These young players learn a lot, so that in the future, it's going to help them become better players. And because uh, uh, ultimately, this game is about winning, and if you don't win, it's not a fun job. I, I can no. tell you that. And and the reality is, is that. If you're not winning in the National Football League, it becomes an absolute grind, and it's not even a grind that you enjoy. It, it's a, it becomes toxic, and it becomes no fun, and it makes you want to find maybe a different type of uh, employment, but the reality sets in. I can't make this kind of money doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you uh, put that long hair mullet in a ponytail and go get better is what you would do. After hey, man, roll, like roll, you roll up the sleeves and you get back to work. And, you know, that's what this football <laughs> team's going to have to do. And a lot of these young players are going to have to do. 
you know, going forward. Because uh, when you sit there and you're expecting the cavalry to arrive and to provide instant help, it ain't coming. I mean, it. Uh, nope. look around yourself. And, and I know a lot of people are talking about Trevor Lawrence and they're kind of viewing him as a savior for this football team. And, and I think he's a, a wonderful football player. And I think he's going to be a tremendous asset to the Jaguars or whoever ends up drafting him. I mean, because it's not 100% sure that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the draft pick. But uh, there's a lot of other things that have to go right for the organization in the future for this organization to change course and to start becoming an organization that is successful. We have plenty ahead. We'll return in just a moment a little more about this Jaguars-Colts matchup. And we'll discuss the Colts a little bit. How different are they now than they were way back in week one, and then Tony Baselli scheduled to join us at 4.30. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Jaguars fans, let's tackle social injustice together on game days with Selfies for Change. Visit TIAABank.com slash Selfies for Change to take a virtual selfie with a Jaguars player and unlock a $5 donation to the Jaguars Foundation to help fight social injustice. Share your photo on Instagram or Twitter using hashtag Selfies for Change so more fans can be part of the movement. Join us on game days at TIAABank.com slash Selfies for Change. TIAA Bank is the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4YOU or visit GetBetterJacks.com. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now, bucket dunking now, staying now, popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for $2.99. And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers with pay ranging from $16 to $25 an hour and more with commercial experience. Superior Fence and Rail will train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. 
Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Uh, not only as a coordinator, but probably in my 28 years of coaching. You know, it, it's it's been a tough year. Um Obviously, we do really appreciate, you know, um, obviously the players and that kind of stuff. It just didn't turn out the way we wanted it. Um, I think they're extremely hardworking group, and uh, I think we got a good coaching staff. But it just it just didn't turn out the way we wanted it this year, and uh, it's been frustrated uh, or frustrating. But at least, you know, hopefully we can go out on a good note this week versus Indy. Todd Wash, Jaguars defensive coordinator, earlier this week. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. We're about, uh, what, 13 minutes away or so from Tony Baselli. so um, get your alarm clocks ready. He'll be ready at 4.30 coming up to join us. Todd Wash there, though, logs. Obviously a tough year on the defensive side of the ball, tough year for the entire team, but let's break it down to defense. I mean... This group that you ran out there on opening day against the Colts that got two interceptions on tip balls against Phillip Rivers and made plays to keep that team in the game and ultimately win the game is not the same defense that's running out there in Week 17 against the Colts. It's not even close. Schobert and Miles Jack are about the only guys left from the starting group. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so I'm looking at my board here because uh, I've got a list of defenders on IR Josh Allen, Daniel Thomas, who actually played really well at the safety position when he was in there. DJ Hayden, your starting nickel. Devon Hamilton, who ended up being your starting nose, a starting corner in C.J. Henderson. You're starting Sam and Leon Jacobs. You're starting nose and Avery Jones. I mean, it's uh, and and here's the thing, JP. When you when you have that many people on IR from a defense that had a lot of young talent and doesn't have or did not have a lot of veteran talent around it. That's a tough ask, you know, and the Jaguars defense ranked dead last in the National Football League, 32nd in yards allowed per game. And as far as scoring defense goes, they're the second worst defense in the National Football League. So it's been a tough go. And, uh, and obviously they need a influx of talent and need a little bit of change. And that's, uh, that's what happens when you lose. You know, when you have 14 consecutive losses, change is coming. Make no mistake about it. You know, it really starts in the middle of that defensive line. We can go back to the opt-outs at the start of the year as really kind of setting the tone there. Al Woods was supposed to be a big anchor in the middle. Rodney Gunter had the heart issue. Woods opted out to COVID-19 concerns and then – uh, Gunter, as we said, had the heart issues, so he retired. So those two guys weren't available. Those were two big free agent names, not not huge free agent names, but for the Jaguars, big names that you had signed hoping they would contribute. That didn't happen, and they haven't been able really to catch up on the interior all year long, and that's where teams have attacked this group. When you don't have that stout interior of your defensive line, teams can just run right at you. I mean, you go you go back and you compare this team to the one you had in 17, it's just oh, it's yeah. night and day. Not even close. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not even close. And, and how do you go 
from that defense that you had in, in 17, which at one point was on, on a pace to do historic things mm -hmm. and almost did historic things as a defense to 18, 19, 20, three years later, you, you, I mean, you're, you're the worst in the league. I mean, just, I mean how, how do you let that happen? Well, a lot of different reasons. You start trading away people. <laughs> Shall and we you count the ways? People. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, and and I, and I just don't know how uh, the the personnel department expected the Jaguars to be able to have a a chance when you go from that type of roster to literally starting anew. And uh, and look at. Uh, Especially, in, and it wasn't expected, but you had a year of COVID. And so the last thing that you want to do when you don't have the ability to practice and to have OTAs and mini camps is to go extremely young. And because, you know, you don't, you just, you, it's hard. You know, look, there's nothing to lean on. Players need to get, yeah. Well, look, young players have to get better. I mean, young players have to get repetitions mm -hmm. to be able to be better. And much like, and the reason I brought up the story about Joe Walton, you can expect the, the, the core of your football team to be rookies and expect them to carry your football team. It just doesn't work. And it's never worked in the National Football League. I mean, look at, look at the history of the league. It, does, it just doesn't work. And so uh, a, a tough year, and you'd like to have a lot of, maybe a do-over to where you say, okay, well, we don't want to go that young and let's have some veteran guys where we can, and then we'll sprinkle in the young guys. And, uh, but it certainly didn't work out that way. And, and obviously it was, a, it was a big mistake. So this week against the Indianapolis Colts that are running the ball very well with Jonathan Taylor, Phillip Rivers is basically playing on one foot these days. What kind of challenge is this matchup this week? Well, Jonathan Taylor is a good football player now, and he, and he takes a lot of pressure off of everybody. And the, and the reason why it's important for the Colts is they've got some issues at tackle. Costanzo ended up uh, going on injury reserve because he had an ankle injury in practice. I guess it was last week, and it requires surgery, so he's going to go to IR to get the surgery. Uh, Braden Smith, who was their starting right tackle, was on the COVID list. He has been activated from that, so they've had issues, and uh, they're going to have some. Some issues, I think, even this week with Costanzo out. But when you have issues with the offensive line, the hardest thing in the world for backup offensive linemen or replacement offensive linemen to do is pass protect. And that's not what the Jaguars do very well. And the easiest thing for offensive linemen to do is to run block. And that's exactly what the Indianapolis Colts want to do. They've got a great back in Jonathan Taylor, which remember when the Jaguars faced the Colts the first time, Jonathan Taylor was still trying to figure out which way to run. That's right. And Marlon Mack was the feature back. Well, Marlon Mack ended up getting hurt. He goes on IR, and, and all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor has to carry the load. And over the last four weeks, Jonathan Taylor has arguably been the best back in the National Football League, if not the best back, one of the best backs. And there's only two people in the National Football League that are going to compete with James Robinson for the rookie title holder of the uh, yard, most yards from scrimmage for the year. And it's two. It's Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings and then this Jonathan Taylor that we're going to see this week with the Indianapolis Colts. He's been that good. As much as we rave about James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor wasn't in the starting lineup right away. He worked his way into it, and he's a tremendous back. And, uh, 
and he's got a chance to surpass James Robinson's total yards from scrimmage in this game this week. Yeah, the last five games he's played, he uh, he's played five out of the last six games, by the way, for the Colts. He's got uh, 90 yards or more in f- three of those. He went for 83 another time, 74. In the last three games, he's got five touchdowns. So he's finding the end zone. He's getting all that yardage and doing things the right way for Indianapolis. And he's a tough Yeah, because – even though, I mean, look, Phillip Rivers is a you know, potential Hall of Famer. Uh, he's uh, in top ten in numerous categories. Potential, he's going list. to the Hall of Fame logs. That's the argument. I well, get maybe. the argument. I mean, I mean, come on, he's got to go. you got to put him in. Anyway. That's well, I mean, you, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to put anybody in. Well, but, he's going to go. I, I, and it, well, I mean, maybe not. I mean, look, uh, you, you never know. I'm just, it's not, nothing, nobody's a shoe-in. I, I don't think, I don't think he's a shoe-in. I think there are certain guys that are, an absolute shoe in, but Philip Rivers, I would expect to be in. Right. But I don't want to say he's a he's a definite. But but my point is, is that he has been a marvelous quarterback to where he could shoulder the burden, carry a football team if need be. And that's not the Philip Rivers over the last couple of years. Philip Rivers is at his best when he doesn't feel like he has to carry the football team because when he does feel like that, he starts to throw the ball to the wrong color jerseys, as we saw in week one, and then we've seen for many years, uh, the last couple of years that he was with the Chargers. So this year, I think with the um, Marlon Mack running the football and then Jonathan Taylor running the football and having success, takes a lot of pressure off of Phillip Rivers that allows him to be a better quarterback because it doesn't feel the burden to carry the football team. And that makes the Indianapolis Colts better. And I think that's the big difference between week one when the Jaguars face them to now where they're facing them is that the, the, the big difference is is that they're not expecting Phillip Rivers to carry the team. I, I was so curious. The first week when the Indianapolis Colts, you come out with Frank Reich and you got uh, this offense that in the past when you had Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback position, you were relying on your run game and that very good, if not great, offensive line that you had. And they came out of the gate and were letting Phillip Rivers throw the ball over yeah. the yard. And I was like, man, I can't believe that they're doing this because their strength is their offensive line, but you're not, they're not even trying to run the football. And, I mean, heck, when you got a guy like Quentin Nelson who starts hollering when he's hitting people and pulling and stuff, I mean, man, let him, let him yell. You know, and they just didn't do it in week one. So I don't expect that kind of a game plan this week. I think they're going to come out and try to establish a hard-nosed attitude and run Jonathan Taylor hard and, and allow Phillip Rivers to pick and choose when he wants to throw the football. Let's come back in a moment. Tony Baselli is scheduled to join us. We'll get into the Jaguars' offensive plan this week. Well, they're missing some key pieces in this week's matchup against Indianapolis. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. 
DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a Built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, Built for the Holidays. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco, visit adecousa.com. That's amazing, really. Uh, you go back and look at where he came from and, and, and uh, the opportunities he had in training camp were few and far between. And then when he did get them to take advantage of them like he did, then be thrust into the starting role week one um, and to accomplish the things that he did is just uh, it's unbelievable really it's a hell of a feat for him um, I'm happy for him proud of him I know he's got a great career ahead of him um, been a pleasure coaching him that's for sure that's Jay Gruden Jaguars offensive coordinator earlier this week welcome back Jaguars happy hour and he's speaking of James Robinson by the way Jaguars running back JP Shadrick Jeff Lagerman and Tony Vaselli joins us now. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle. Happy New Year, Tony. What's up? Happy New Year's, guys. How are we doing? 
Oh, we're ready. Uh, getting ready for Good. week 17. Doing well over here, you know, trying to get to the new year. Uh, new new year, new Jags team this Sunday. Yeah, it's just about over. Um, <laughs> it is. It's It's uh, been a long year. That's There's no doubt about it. I think, 20, I think uh, most people in this world are ready to get 2020 behind them and move on to 2021. And I think most Jags fans are saying, hey, bring on 2021. Let's get this behind us. Let's get this uh, 14 losing uh, game losing streak behind us. Hopefully, you can start off 2021 with an upset w- uh, victory over the Colts and send those guys home packing. That'd be nice to uh, have. I them. think also uh, let me let me add to this that I think Jaguars fans. Uh, there's I'm sure there's some of them that are very happy to be able to to be back to rooting for their football team this week because uh, I think there was quite a few Jaguar fans last week that were maybe miniature Chicago Bears fans so that the Jaguars could get the first overall pick. So I'm kind of glad that that's behind everything and behind us now so that uh, you can get back to rooting your team on a victory. How many people do you think outside of the players, coaches, and their immediate families uh, members were uh, rooting for the uh, Jags victory last week? Uh, like a percent? Like I, I percent. I'm not sure you can get a percent. I don't think it's one percent. I'm thinking like total people. <laughs> yeah, That's not, what it is. Not, not a whole lot. I don't think. I mean, I can tell you this: that uh, when when the Jaguars lost to the Chicago Bears and then the New York Jets won, I mean, my phone just blew up. Everybody's yep. like. Yes, Jaguars are going to get the first pick. I mean, I'm just like, okay, I know that. I mean, you don't have to tell me that. I'm kind of in the football business, and I, I can, you know, decipher all that information myself. But, I mean, just people's level of excitement. And, and I get it because the level of excitement that people are having in association with having a first overall draft pick is that it represents hope. It represents hope that this football team can be better in the future. I was hearing from people I had not heard from in forever, like all out of the blue. Hey, number one pick. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> I, I get it. How, how Thanks it for the news. Thanks Appreciate for the heads it. Up. Didn't know that. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, now, yeah, you, you, yeah, we've been living it, so we get it. We get it. <laughs> That's right. Now this week to pull the upset against the Indianapolis Colts. They might have to do it without some offensive pieces. James Robinson didn't practice again today. Doug Marone earlier this week was honest with everybody and said it's really likely he's not going to play. We just heard Jay Gruden discuss his rookie campaign so far. Colin Johnson the same way. Doug Marone said he's probably not available this week. DJ Chark hasn't practiced this week yet with a shin issue. So you're losing some big-time offensive pieces if, if those three guys aren't out there, Tony. Yeah, I mean, listen, even if you had all of them, it's a tough it's tough sled. I mean, they beat this team opening weekend without forcing a punt. Um, they played pretty good offensively. They were opportunistic with some uh, uh, Philip Rivers uh, uh, turnovers. But, yeah, I mean, it's an offensive struggle to score the last three weeks. They've scored all, they've struggled to score all year. And so now you're going to, you know, we, we've known James Robinson was going to play. You know, now no DJ Chark. So, I think it's tough. Um, this is a game that the only way they have a chance to win, in my opinion, is, you know, a bunch of turnovers from the Colts, a score maybe on defense, a score in special teams. I mean, that it's one of those games that you need all three phases scoring points to, uh, because offensively you're just not going to have enough, especially against a, good, uh, against a good Colts defense. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame. I'm, I'm disappointed 
for James Robinson because uh, he, he could have set some records. I mean, and he was on pace to do it. He's been tremendous. And then to have the tackle end up hurting his ankle and taking him out of the last two games, I think it's very unfortunate because I think he only needed like 35 yards to end up surpassing Dominic Rhodes for the all-time undrafted rookie rusher. And uh, and at the pace that he was going, he had a good opportunity at breaking Fred Taylor's rookie record for uh, yards rushing by a rookie in a season. So uh, unfortunate for him. And uh, But at the same token, you don't want to have a guy going out there. And if he's got a high ankle, I don't know. But you don't need a guy that you just discovered this year, and he could be a real strong building block for you in the future. You don't put him at risk for for a game in which you're you're one in fourteen. You just you just don't do it. I mean, even if it's like okay, he can play, he can grit it out. You know, let's give him you know tape an aspirin to it and pop a couple Tylenol or you know take a couple shots of Toradol or whatever the old school ways of doing it were. No, I mean, just you just don't do it. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be a, a valuable part of this franchise going in the future. Yeah, let him sit. Let him get ready for uh, the 2021 campaign because he will be a building block for this team. And uh, we'll see what they run out there at receiver this week if all those guys aren't out there either. I mean, you'll have some new faces at that yeah, position I, I don't too. Worry, I don't worry about – I don't. I don't worry about the wide receiver group. I think okay. they got they got some talented guys. They've got depth. It's the it's the one position group that at the beginning of the year I think everybody and we all thought that that was one of the one of the groups that was a, a position of strength. And uh, and I think Keelan Cole and Lavisca Chenault and some of these young guys that they even have on the practice squad, I think they'll be totally fine. The big question is, it's not the wide receiver group. It's can the quarterback get them the ball? Yeah, Mike Lennon getting the start this week and you know let's we got Tony here so let's get into the offensive line while we're at it and I think we talk about this every week on every show pretty much but uh, let's start at left tackle Cam Robinson I mean he's got one game to go in this contract year what has he proven to you this year Tony um he's better than he's been all year uh, I mean uh, in his career and this is his best football season as, as far as the left tackle Still inconsistent, still not top level against top competition outside of last week. I thought he played well against that Bears front. I thought both tackles did for the most part. Um, so, you know, he's a free agent. Uh, I've J- JP, we've talked about it on the Monday show quite a bit. I mean, here's my position on the whole thing. If you look at Cam Robinson, he's been there four years. Do I believe Cam Robinson has talent? Yes. Do I believe he brings toughness? Yes. Is he a good run blocker? Yes. He's inconsistent in the past game. Because of technique, not because of uh, ability, in my opinion. Um, with that said, he's had one above-average year, and that would be this year. It's his contract year. So do you pay a guy a bunch of money, which left tackles get a ton of money in today's market, um, based on a one above-average year where he was ready to play, he was a professional, meaning he was in shape, he looked ready, his body was ready and everything else, but it was his contract year. Are you willing to put a bunch of money in that left tackle position to, uh, in a guy like that? For me, um, obviously, you know, you, you would want to talk to him if you can get the right price. That's good for him and good the team where both sides are happy. Um, then absolutely you would do it because you're going to have a young quarterback, you know, assuming they draft Trevor Lawrence, that you need to make sure you have a, a above average to very good offensive line. And you don't want to have to fill a left tackle position as well as several other positions on this team. But um, 
my guess is Cam Robinson's going to want to go be a free agent, uh, test free agency. And I'm not sure you're, this team's going to want to pay as much money as it's going to take based on what a left tackle can get in the open market. I think Cam Robinson would be crazy not to try to go to, to free agency. And, uh, you know, but the, here's the reality. I don't, there's not a team in the National Football League that's going to have more cap space to be able to spend on a free agent left tackle than the Jaguars. You know, the Jaguars are going to have a ton of cap space. There's going to be a lot of teams in the National Football League this year, this offseason, are going to be trying to figure out ways not to sign a left tackle, but trying to figure out ways in which they can get under the cap, which is going to take a significant drop because of loss of, of revenue from COVID. So uh, what will the market bear? I think that's going to be a, a tricky situation, and I think it's one that you almost want to allow the player to get to the market so that he can see where the market is at, because if his expectation is built, and I don't know what his expectation is, just let me preface it with that, but if his expectation is based on what the numbers of other left tackles are in the league, and they got their numbers based on other uh, salary cap situations, then it's, it's hard to be realistic with the, with the guy unless you allow him to get to, that, to the market to actually see what it's going to bear. Well, I mean, you look at you look at what Garrett Bowles just signed for. Same draft class. He's a late first rounder for the Denver Broncos. He just signed a seventeen million dollar on uh, average. I think it was a four year deal with a bunch of money guaranteed. Jeff, are you paying Cam Robinson seventeen million bucks a year to play left tackle for your team? No, and I wouldn't have paid Garrett Bowles that money. But if that's the market, I mean, that's I mean that if that's the price tag. You have, you have significant money in your center. You have significant money in your left guard, um, which, by the way, both have outperformed your left tackle in my position as far as just play, overall play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you got to make a decision. And I agree with Jeff. I mean, the cap's going to be interesting this year. I do think you can sit back and maybe take a little bit of time. Now, I would take a shot at Cam. Like if you can get him from 10 to $12 million bucks if he's willing to sign it, which I'd be shocked if he would be. I think he will want to test the market. Um, I, I would go. I would sign him, but if he tests the market, I think the conversation with his agent said, "Hey, listen, let's go test it. Um, understand though, we're going to test the market. We're going to go out there and find a left tackle, and if you don't get what you like, give us a call back. Because you know, it's not that you don't like Cam uh, Cam uh, Robinson, but there's just a price you're willing to pay. And and I like Cam a lot, but here's the reality, guys. He's had one above average year this year." He was not. He was not good last year after an ACL. That can be in, uh, fine coming off an ACL. By the way, it was a year. He had a total of one year to re- rehab. His second year before he hurt the ACL, he was not good. He was bad. His rookie year, he was okay. You give him above average to good because he's a rookie. I mean, you have to look at the body of work, not based on what you think he can do. Because I think Cam is a good athlete. I think he's big, long, tough. Like him. Like him as an individual. But you have to look at the body of work, and you have to look what he's done on the field. And that's where, where when a player's best year is his, is his contract year, and it's still not superstar level, it's not like ex- exceptional, boy, you got to take a pause. You got to take a long pause and say, okay, what are we getting? How much of our cap, how much do we want of our cap allocation do we want to dedicate to that guy? Big question marks ahead. We'll uh, see what the new regime has in mind, too. It's a new uh, new GM, new decision maker 
on the football side. We'll come back, uh, our final thoughts in our final segment of Jaguars Happy Hour in the 2020 calendar year. We're counting down the hours until 2021. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose farah and farah first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Superior Fence and Rail knows about commercial fence services. From automatic gates to security fence and railing, Superior Fence and Rail's professional team delivers with great communication, trained installers, and quality products. Trust your next commercial project with a top-rated fence company in Jacksonville. Get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail for your commercial project today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Yeah, I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm I'm just such an emotional guy, you know. I mean, you know, I love hugging and touching and touchy-feely and, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I've always approached this game the same way. I, I've approached it in an approach of, hey, doing the best. I think that, um, 
you know, obviously, you know, there'll, there'll be change. I, I don't, I don't know, I'm not informed of anything, anything like that. So, you know, but obviously there's going to be a lot of change that's going on. And, um, but my whole focus is trying to get this win. You know, I don't know how I'll feel after the game. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Honestly, I mean, after the game, I might look at it differently. But right now, I'm putting everything into trying to trying to get this win and end the season with a win. Head coach Doug Marone earlier this week. You'll hear from the head coach coming up in about oh, 13 minutes on the Jaguars radio network with the Doug Marone Show, the final show of the regular season. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Tony Vaselli. Uh, Tony, I must say, you look fired up for the new year. You are uh, are a big ball of energy today. What are you talking about? I'm bringing I'm bringing this I'm bringing my fastball, JP. Oh, really? Is this is the fastball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, what else you want? I mean, I'm, you know, it's a 14 game losing streak. We're talking about free agency. Uh, it's the last game of the year. We're hoping against all hope of a victory and an upset. Um, you heard Doug Marone talking about liking the hug and everything else, and he because he's being asked about his future, which is right. you know, right. not a great conversation when you're one in 14. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, that's a, I mean, whoever asked that question, I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you want him to say? It was Mike DeRocco, so, by the way, not yeah, to name Mike, names, but it yeah, was Mike DeRocco. Yeah. I mean, come on, Mike, you, you know better than that. I mean, we, it's, so it's tough. It's no fun, but it's, it's New Year's Eve, JP. I'm jacked up. I'm pumped. I'm with you guys. Um, we got looking forward to the game this weekend. 2021 is coming. It means 2021's behind us. Like, what else you need, man? I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing the stuff tonight. And if anybody wants the calendar to turn to 2021, it would be Tony Baselli. I, I would think. Yeah, that, for, yeah, for a lot of reasons. A lot of I mean, reasons. My, my, the family, my family's been through a number of health issues. Yep. A number of health issues. Um, continue. We're, you know, a lot of, a lot of things going on in the old Baselli clan. Um, I'm fat as hell. Uh, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've dedicated myself that 2021 is going to be a better year. I'm making some lifestyle changes. Um, we're going to lose some weight and be healthy JP. We've heard and, this. Uh, yeah. So I can't wait. I mean, so I'm going to go out strong tonight though. I'll tell you that much. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Let's be clear. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, for some odd reason, I believe you. <laughs> so uh, uh yeah so but listen, there's gonna be changes there's changes coming there's changing coming in the baselli life but the lifestyle baselli hashtag 2021 just call it change uh, big stuff coming and uh we'll see if there's changes coming uh monday for the uh jacksonville jaguars we, we're already looking for a new gm could there be c- complete changes in the coaching uh you know front We'll see. We'll wait and see what Chad does. This is why it's such a strange week because there is a football game to prepare for, but then there's uh, you know, there, there's the balance of maybe players and coaches, you know, putting their foot out in the parking lot to get out of here or being forced out of here. There's a lot, just a lot to maneuver through, Logs. JP, I can I can tell you, you know, go back to that rookie season when Joe Walton was was the head coach. You've been referring. You must remember. have a beef with him because that's like the fifth time you uh, brought up Joe Walton today. Well, I'm bringing it up in the context that I remember the last game of the year that we had and that, you know, it was such a miserable year and uh, couldn't wait for it to end. And I literally, I had my, I had like the last game of the year was on a Sunday. I want to say Friday for the most part, I spent packing up all of my stuff 
so that literally when we had the last meeting, which was the day after the last game on Monday, I didn't even have to go back to the house that I rented to load my truck. My truck would be loaded up. I couldn't, I couldn't wait for that, for that season to end and to, and to move on and to try to find a better way of doing things in my second year. Because, you know, look, uh, your first year in the National Football League is a grind. And it's an eye-opener, I can, I can tell you that. I must say, that's partly, probably part of the reason why you guys lost 37 to nothing in the final week of the season. But, well, yeah. i got to say that, uh, unfortunately, I got hurt in that last game. Oh, so got, you weren't available. Oh, okay, that's yeah, why. And it was, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is a true story. True story, okay? <laughs> I, I got an ankle, which uh, I had a, an ankle issue in, in high school one time. It was nothing big. You know, got recovered from it and came back and played and and never had an ankle injury or anything in college. And last game of my rookie year, I got an ankle injury. And Tony will appreciate this. Um, so I got sent to the locker room. They said, look, you're done. I mean, you can't play. And I'm like, all right, so what do I do? They're like, well, just go to the locker room, take a shower. So <laughs> You're so, like, you promise? I'm like, all right. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I go to the locker room, and, and before I go to the shower, I'm in there at the urinal, you know, and you got, you know, 20 of them lined up on the wall for, you know, your home locker room. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, taking a pee and, and all of a sudden guy walks up to the urinal, you know, not right next to me, but fairly close to me. And, and I turn and look and it's, it's Leon Hess. And he's, he's the owner of the jet at that time, you know, Hess oil company. Hmm. And, uh, and he turns and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, Jeff, he goes, uh, tough season and tough season and not a whole lot of good things happening. And I said, yes, sir. I said, uh, Definitely some things need to change for us to be better. And he says, change is coming, young man. Change is coming. <laughs> wow. And that, that was one of my moments, first time ever really dealing with the ownership. You know, I never really had a very long conversation with Leon Hess at all. And, and uh, But it was one of the things that you just remember forever. You know, you're a rookie player, and all of a sudden you get to, to have a short conversation at, at a urinal with the owner of the football team. <laughs> kind of crazy. Jeff was... Jeff was just thankful it wasn't too serious of an ankle injury. It was probably just one of those like little sprains that can't play that day, uh, but don't have to be back for off-season yeah. treatment. You can go. Uh, you can go exactly. treat that at home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Those are the those are the way to do them. So um, obviously a strange week, but an opportunity. The, the Colts need this game, Tony. They have to win. They need some help as well, and it's their own fault because they had a big lead against Pittsburgh last week and let it slip away. And they lost a game they didn't punt against the Jaguars in week one. A couple other losses in there, too, that they could point to. But those are two big ones that stand out right now for Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, this Colts team needs a lot of help. Um, they need, a, you know, they need to win. They need, you know, in the Browns or the uh, Ravens or the Dolphins, one of those three teams to lose a game. And, uh, no, you know, and at 10 and 5, they're sitting there going, golly, you know, we're going to, could be 11 and 5 and going home. And I definitely think they'll be looking back at that Jaguar game. You know, if they win this, if they win Sunday, the Jaguars will be the only win that, the, you know, against the, the Colts. Um, if they if they can't win and the Jags be, can find a way to pull out an upset victory, Colts are going home. So, uh, overall, I, I got If you're a Colts fan, based on what they did in the offseason, spent the money on DeForest Buckner on the defense and bring Phillip Rivers in. I mean, I think there was – I mean, I know. There are high expectations. You expect to be in the playoffs. If they somehow win or lose on Sunday, end up not in the playoffs, they're going to be pretty disappointed. And it'll be, it'll be, I think, counted as a disappointing season. 
Um, so you know you're going to get their best. You know they're going to be focused. You know they're going to be coming out and from snap one uh, ready to play. So you got to match it if you're the Jaguars. You're, you're a team that's probably a lot of guys doing what Jeff did, packing up this week. Reynolds heading home, getting ready to go. <laughs> Um, as soon as that Monday meetings are over and you got to find a way to focus, you got to find a way to go out there, give great effort and try to steal a victory somehow. Yeah. The, uh, the official, uh, Tony, you mentioned three teams. If any of these four teams lose and the Colts win, they're in. So it's Miami. If Miami loses and they play at Buffalo, Mm -hmm. if Baltimore loses, they play at Cincinnati. If Cleveland loses and they're at home against Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh is resting their team, or if Tennessee loses and they're at Houston, any of those four teams lose and the Colts win, then they're in. So uh, I I can't imagine one of those things not happening for the Colts. Right. I mean, it feels like it's adding up, at least on paper, but you never know. Week 17, weird things can happen in this uh, last week when all the games are being played at the same time, and, and we saw that even. Remember back in 2017, the Bills got in on like a random play in another game very late after we had uh, – it's one of those. Like it's a strange, strange week sometimes, and teams can step up and play big in a big moment there late in the season. So a chance to wreck the Colts' playoff hopes, and then uh, the last week of this uh, 2020 season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Snapped this 14-game losing skid. I know Doug Marone, we're going to hear from him in just a couple minutes, Tony, but that's what it's about. Snap this skid, get a good taste before the end of this season somehow. What a long season. I yep. mean, <laughs> it's been 14 weeks. I mean, opening weekend, they got a victory that I think we were all surprised about. Um, it really stole a game where you didn't force a punt, but got some turnovers and did a good job. And then they play the Titans close. And you're thinking, okay, maybe they got something going here. But still, again, gave a lot of points. But since then, it has been one loss after another loss after another loss. Some close games in the middle of the season there, but the last three weeks have been getting blown out. So I cannot imagine the wear and tear, both physically and mentally, on this team and coaching staff. I mean, it's a grind. It is so hard. Um, The NFL season is hard enough all by itself. But – and that's when you're winning. and, you, and when you, it's loss after loss, uh, the grind is unbelievable. And so these guys are exhausted, and uh, hopefully they can come out and find a way to give one last great effort. All right, Tony, uh, happy new year. We will uh, catch up with you this weekend for the pregame show. Yeah, looking forward to it, JP. It's going to be a good time. Jeff, happy new year's to you and your family. Uh, give your lovely wife, Tara, uh, a big uh, happy new year's hug. And uh, appreciate you guys both. Uh, good friendship. Thanks for all the support this year, and uh, let's get let's get ready for a great 2021. Let's get this damn thing behind us and have a great one next year. Let's flip that calendar in just a few hours from now. Tony Baselli out of here. Our uh, thanks Happy to New the Year, Pride of the Jaguars left tackle, and uh, Jeff Lagerman uh, with us. Just one final moment here. We have the Doug Marone show coming up in just a few minutes on the. Jaguars Radio Network, our last chance in the regular season to visit with head coach Doug Marone, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on trying to snap that losing skid and get a positive taste in Week 17, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation with Doug tonight, Logs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, I want to find out, uh, JP, I didn't, haven't even asked you what you got for Christmas. I want to find out what Doug got for Christmas. I mean, it's... Uh... 
It's the holiday season, man. A little, little Christmas spirit, a little, little New Year spirit going on here. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that when we come back. We'll, we'll be back in a moment on the Jaguars Radio Network. The Doug Marone Show is right around the corner. Our thanks to Tony Baselli, Scott Kushner stepping in tonight, Brent Reber, and our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.